We are here um, in the beautiful UBC in Vancouver, Canada, and we're at the Islet Study Group. Study Group with Dr. Jim Johnson, who is um, chairing and set up this entire meeting, which has been fabulous so far. Um, Vancouver itself is a very beautiful place, and the scientific um, presentations as well as the conversations we've been engaging with have been really informative and excellent. Um, so I wanted to just run this by him, and just a little bit of uh, discussion about his thoughts on how things have gone and... You know, um, just a little tiny bit. Uh, he's got so much going on in this lab, but just a little tiny bit about what is going on right now in the Johnson lab. Yeah, I'm super happy. Well, first of all, thanks for coming, Monica, and thanks for uh, the support and providing some uh, some press to our, our meeting. I think it's really important when we the scientists get together that the, the public and other scientists uh, know what we're doing. So um, from my perspective, the meeting has gone extremely well. I've heard lots of excellent feedback from, from my colleagues. Um, you know, one of the, the things, our guiding principles for this meeting included openness. Um, so, you know, all of the, all of the work here is also um, going out on Zoom to people who aren't able to travel. Um, so that's gone really well. We also have, um, as, a, as a guiding principle, um, uh, equity. So I've been really happy with the, the speakers that have, uh, that have agreed to come. You see all of our sessions had lots of early career researchers. Yeah. Um, we had people in all kinds of, uh, from all over the world uh, come to this meeting. Um, the audience is, is very diverse as well. Uh, we've tried to make sure that the trainees and early career people get that. Extra love. They Extra were love really they get, they get a chance chocolate. To ask, they get a chance to ask their questions first. Yeah. Uh, That's very important. Yeah, right? Because we want to have the conversation be, um, be also open. So that, 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 in that, those respects, the meeting has gone uh, extremely well. Um, I'm just blown away by the quality of the, the talks and the posters. Um, this is really the, the cream of the crop, as far as I'm concerned, of islet biology. Uh, in the world, and this is a, a really special audience where people can really get quite technical. So some of the some of the presentations were were really hardcore, and and that's I think important. But um, I thought that um, that people were able to to um, uh, in many cases uh, boil that down to the essential elements of the presentation. So I've been I agree been with happy that. With that. Yeah. yeah, and I think it was also you know they laid it all out there, and that kind of sparks great conversation during the breaks. Warts and all, right? So I think. You know, sometimes, you know, I remember the talk by, uh, you know, Francis Lin about the stem cells, how close are we? And he made a really uh, interesting comment uh, because you're in front of a bunch of biologists, so he showed the data and he said, who thinks that we're really close to making uh, perfect beta or, or similar to human beta cells yet? And actually in this, in this uh, pool of experts, not many people thought we were that close. They think we have a lot of work to do. And then he said, well, if we were at a stem cell meeting, how many people would put their hand up? We all sort of chuckled because, you know, um, they might think we're a little closer than, than we are. But I think this level of um, this, this community are, real, are really where a lot of the scrutinizing experts are. People are 
there's controversies here, and in a polite, respectful way, though, people are challenging the dogma. And I think one of the take-home messages from a meeting like this is that we have a lot left to learn yeah. about what a, even how a beta cell responds to glucose, something that we thought we knew 20 years ago, there are still a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, I really thought that you had, the, the people that you selected, the scientists you selected, really approached islet biology from many different angles, and that lay, lends itself to thinking about your particular approach in a different way. So it's really nice to see that. Yeah, that's what I hope most people will leave this meeting with, uh, a bunch of, in addition to an appreciation for how lovely Vancouver is, uh, a real appreciation to the breadth. I've had many people come up to me and say, you know, I'd never seen that person speak. I'd never seen that person speak. And I think our job as organizers here is to figure out who who should see who else speaking, essentially, yeah. and to bring matchmaking together. matchmaking in a way. You know, biochemists meeting with um, biophysicists, meeting with physiologists, meeting with you know um, uh, even immunologists. Well, you're preaching to the choir here because the fact that type 1 diabetes that we're interested in is such a complex disease. It's studied by a host of interdisciplinary scientists and oftentimes they don't have a crosstalk. Yeah. So this kind of a meeting is really just exemplary in what can be done. Yeah, exactly. And, and ILETS is what brings us all together. I was actually just talking to an early career researcher um, a few minutes ago who said, well, I haven't really thought about getting into type 1 diabetes with my ILETS stuff. I said, you should. Because islets are islets, and you'd be surprised at the fields are coming together now, and some of the concepts that it used to be um, uh, type 1 researchers would look at in the islet, now people who are interested in type 2, that's relevant to them, and vice versa as well. So, you know, our own work, you know, we're interested, for example, in understanding whether very, very early on in the type 1 diabetes process, whether hyperinsulinemia sounds very paradoxical, sounds like the opposite, whether that might actually be a driver, an early driver. So we have a poster on that at this meeting. And oh, I saw that. And I right it now it's, it's too early to tell. That's what the, the take-home message of the poster is. And similarly, we have another poster where we found a drug um, that inhibits beta cell death. And it came from an unbiased screen of a, of a former student of mine who actually has now returned to this meeting. She's a professor now uh, in Exeter. But students have been following that up. And this is a drug that is normally used to treat epilepsy. Mm -hmm. So it's already FDA approved to go into children. And it's not so different from verapamil. Instead of um, blocking the calcium channels, it blocks sodium channels, which have a very similar effect in beta cells. And it turns out if you use this drug, it can, in a preclinical animal model, it can prevent type 1 diabetes in the NOD mouse. And we also know that its target, if we block that target, knock it out, it also protects. Mm -hmm. So because this is already approved to go into people, children in fact, our pathway to a clinical trial is actually much shorter right. than no, for other it's, drugs. It's excellent to be able to go back into see things for the first time in context yeah. of the disease state and really be able to pull that through. Yeah, and then another one I wanted to highlight again from our own lab is the beautiful work of Yelena Kolik 
who gave a, one of the 30-minute talks today. And it, it was presented in the context of uh, nutrient uh, responses um, in type 2 diabetes and, uh, and even obesity. But that talk is equally relevant to type 1 diabetes because even amongst people who live with type 1 diabetes, it's quite likely that different people and their islets respond differently to macronutrients. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there now starting to think about how they might add therapeutic nutrition to also help control their um, type 1 diabetes. Yeah. So obviously not instead of insulin or not instead of no, these no. other things are coming. But some people are finding great success with, for example, reducing carbohydrates. Yeah, there's not, a large group online. But that not do everybody that. does. No, not everybody, but, maybe, but some do. Maybe we can. Maybe someday we'll be able to find out in advance genetically who would be more benefiting from that approach yeah. versus who wouldn't. The, the 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 drive towards personalized medicine. Yeah, I, I think we're not there yet, mm. but I think the work that folks like Yelena are doing will set the stages, building from the ground up, will set the stages towards personalized therapeutic nutrition. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, you know, now we've got the CGM, so someone yeah. could actually, you know, I mean, we're getting a little off track, but I mean, it's like you could have some dietary studies with the CGM in, in place and really follow through with those, the new tools that are available. Yeah, it's, it's a really exciting time. It is. To be in, in diabetes research, to be contributing to type one diabetes research, and uh, the time we chose as, a, as an organizing panel, uh, we chose the speakers here and highlighted the posters for oral talks. Uh, you know, we think the things we chose were extremely timely for, for that moment that we're in yeah. this community. I would definitely agree. I mean, I'm not an expert, but we do see a lot. And this is um, a highly organized, very inclusive, meeting a very high level debate respectful debate and so it's been very uh it's we're very grateful to have attended it appreciate it absolutely my pleasure all right